I'm Holly Coley Murchison, and you're listening to From Holly with Love. One part micro podcast, one part written digest, one part playlist. From Holly with Love is my bi weekly newsletter of practical stories, resources, and inspiration for becoming who you are while creating work you love. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. I'm so geeked to be back here with y'all. I was planning to send you all something on Monday, and I'm in the thick of completing um, a big work endeavor that I've been up to for the past year as creative researcher in residence at WeTransfer. And I needed some room to breathe so I can focus on these deliverables that are on my plate. So, So this week... Thinking about, you know, wrapping up my year long stint and I'm getting back into dissertation writing mode soon, which I'm hella excited about. And we'll talk more about that in the future. And I'm preparing for the next big leaps in my career. They feel gargantuan. And I'm going to talk to you all about that soon enough. But I've been thinking a lot about work, I think more so than usual. And we're going to do something a little different in this week's edition. I'm going to read you all an essay that has been heavy on my heart and in the best way is some of the most beautiful prose from our ancestor, Toni Morrison. I'm going to read that to y'all today and I'll I'll give you some context in just a moment. But before I do, I want to give you a heads up of what's to come in this week's edition as usual. So in the gifts for your growth section, I'm going to give you the written version of this essay from Toni Morrison. I've also got an interview from my good friend, Alice. She sat down with the folks at Creative Independent and talked about defining your social practice. And then in Fuel for the Week Ahead, I dropped just two links this time. One is this video that lives rent-free in my head. I'm big on things right now that are reminding me of embodiment and the power of body. And there's this fire video from uh, NBA champion, rapper, dad, husband, clothing designer, entrepreneur, Amon Shumpert from this fire set him and his partner, Daniela, did um, on Dancing with the Stars. And I've never watched Dancing with the Stars before, but I watched it for Amon. And this uh, this routine, y'all just got to watch the video. And then the second link is a Seven Bops playlist, Fresh List. I feel really good about this one. I actually just finished it before I sat down to record. I've been doing a lot of intentional music discovery lately. Shout out to Brittany, my friend Mikey, my brother Adrian, who are constantly sending me music and exchanging music with me. Um, shout out to Amber. I'm so grateful for my beloveds that have such wonderful is for music and that we get to exchange in that kind of romance together. And I'm so hyped for this sweet little genre mashup from this week. And I really hope y'all enjoy it. So I kept it short and sweet with the links this week. And now back to the story time moment about work and Toni Morrison. So on Monday, I was finishing up these answers for an upcoming magazine interview. And one of the questions was, which tips would you recommend to your colleagues in your industry to help them thrive and not burn out? And y'all know we've been down the road of talking about burnout here before. And honestly, the first thing that popped in my head was, yo, the best way to thrive and not burn out is to remember that we are not workers or labor or talent. We're human. Life gives our work meaning. And I was just thinking about, I'm like, yo, somebody wrote about this before. I was like, Tony Morrison, let me just quote something from this Tony Morrison joint. 
So instead of rehashing old guidance, I was like, I'm a phone an ancestor. That's literally what I wrote in the interview. And in my response, I shared this excerpt from her 2017 essay in The New Yorker called The Work You Do, The Person You Are. And in it, she recounts some advice that her father gave her after she came to him, kind of like whining about a job that was not satiating. And I want to read the entire essay to y'all today. Because as we move into the spring season, right, like next Tuesday is March 1st, I think it's important for us to really be intentional about what work means to us. Y'all know I'm going to continue to drive this conversation forward here. But I think particularly moving into the spring season, what we commit to watering is going to feed us for some time or it's going to potentially starve us. And so I'm reading this essay for us so that we can really chew on it and decide, okay, what does it mean for me to work? Who am I as a person? Can I make sure I'm clear on what the separation between those two is? And what brings me joy in the art that I'm making and the work that I'm showing up for day to day and so on and so forth. So I'm going to give it a read. And then I want y'all to meet me in the comments or reply back to the From Holly with Love in your inbox. And let's talk about it. Okay, cool. So here we go. The Work You Do, The Person You Are by Toni Morrison. Published on May 29th, 2017. All I had to do for the $2 was clean her house for a few hours after school. It was a beautiful house, too, with a plastic-covered sofa and chairs, wall-to-wall blue and white carpeting, a white enamel stove, a washing machine and a dryer, things that were common in her neighborhood absent in mine. In the middle of the war, she had butter, sugar, steaks, and seam-up-the-back stockings. I knew how to scrub floors on my knees and how to wash clothes in our zinc tub, but I had never seen a Hoover vacuum cleaner or an iron that wasn't heated by fire. Part of my pride in working for her was earning money I could squander on movies, candy, paddle balls, jacks, ice cream cones, But a larger part of my pride was based on the fact that I gave half my wages to my mother, which meant that some of my earnings were used for real things, an insurance policy payment or what was owed to the milkman or the iceman. The pleasure of being necessary to my parents was profound. I was not like the children in folktales, burdensome mouths to feed, nuisances to be corrected, problems so severe that they were abandoned to the forests. I had a status that doing routine chores in my house did not provide, and it earned me a slow smile, an approving nod from an adult, confirmations that I was adult-like, not childlike. In those days, the 40s, children were not just loved or liked, they were needed. They could earn money, they could care for children younger than themselves, they could work the farm, take care of the herd, run errands, and much more. I suspect that children aren't needed in that way now. They are loved, doted on, protected and helped. Fine, and yet, little by little, I got better at cleaning her house. Good enough to be given more to do. Much more. I was ordered to carry bookcases upstairs and once to move a piano from one side of a room to the other. I fell carrying the bookcases, and after pushing the piano, my arms and legs hurt so badly. I wanted to refuse, or at least to complain, but I was afraid she would fire me, and I would lose the freedom the dollar gave me, 
as well as the standing I had at home, although both were slowly being eroded. She began to offer me her clothes for a price. Impressed by these worn things, which looked simply gorgeous to a little girl who had only two dresses to wear to school, I bought a few. Until my mother asked me if I really wanted to work for castoffs. So I learned to say, no thank you, to a faded sweater offered for a quarter of a week's pay. Still, I had trouble summoning the courage to discuss or object to the increasing demand she made. And I knew that if I told my mother how unhappy I was, she would tell me to quit. Then one day, alone in the kitchen with my father, I let drop a few wines about the job. I gave him details, examples of what troubled me, yet, although he listened intently, I saw no sympathy in his eyes. No, oh, you poor little thing. Perhaps he understood that what I wanted was a solution to the job, not an escape from it. In any case, he put down his cup of coffee and said, Listen, you don't live there. You live here, with your people. Go to work, get your money, and come on home. That was what he said. This was what I heard. One, whatever the work is, do it well. Not for the boss, but for yourself. Two, you make the job. It doesn't make you. Three, your real life is with us, your family. And four, you are not the work you do. You are the person you are. I have worked for all sorts of people since then. Geniuses and morons, quick-witted and dull, big-hearted and narrow. I've had many kinds of jobs. But since that conversation with my father, I have never considered the level of labor to be the measure of myself, and I have never placed the security of a job above the value of home. Whew! I have read and reread this essay probably about five or six times this week because it's just so poignant every time. And I couldn't help but share that with y'all today. So again, I urge you to join me in chewing on it this week. I've shared the link to the written essay in this edition. And I'm really looking forward to building in conversation with y'all around this, especially as we move into the spring and, and are so intentional about what we're watering and, and what's watering us too. So as always, I thank y'all so much for listening, for reading, for replying, for commenting, for just being in community with me here. And if you are enjoying From Holly with Love, please forward the post straight from your inbox to one of the homies and encourage them to subscribe as well. And I will see y'all again the week of March 7th. Sending y'all love and wishing you an abundant week ahead. See you soon.